my beautiful friend. Today we're going to chat about 10 pitfalls to avoid postpartum. These are the top 10 mistakes that I personally fell into and that I see postpartum women falling into time and time again. And before we, before we go through this, I want you to know that it is not your fault. And this is not about blame or shame or anything like that, but it's really just for our awareness because I want you to give yourself a whole bunch of grace here. We're not taught these things. We're not given a handbook for, you know, a lot of these things. And so many of us are forced to figure it out on our own and do it the hard way. And we end up caring so much more than we were ever meant to. But the thing is, I do not want other mamas to have to go through so much of the avoidable pain. And so that's why I created both my postpartum program. And that's why I am going to dive into these topics with you today so that you have the awareness and you can identify when you're starting to kind of move into some of these holes so you can can be pulled out of them and you can start to pull yourself out of them just because you're aware. And we all deserve compassionate and proactive evidence-based guidance and support through postpartum. And that's what this is all about. And each of these pitfalls that we can fall into, these mistakes that we can end up making, really amplify the risk of postpartum depression and anxiety. They heighten mom guilt. They leave us in a lot of shame and feelings of inadequacy like we're never enough. It makes navigating our return to work and work-life balance and postpartum fitness a million times more complicated. And of course, mom life and the juggling act of all the things on our plates is hard enough, especially in today's world. We do not need it to be even harder. Hey friend, welcome to Arm to the Heart. I'm Megan Gephardt. I believe life and motherhood is a gift. I believe each of us are born with a unique mission we're meant to fulfill. I believe babies and dreams can and do go together. I believe it is possible to pursue the dreams in our hearts and also be a great mom at the same time when we let God lead us. I believe it takes a village and a whole lot of grace and that military life and motherhood is so much better when we do it together. So let's put on the armor of God. Let's run this race set before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. I personally went through every single one of these and they almost broke me. So if this speaks to you, you are not alone and I can help you in every single one of these areas. That's what my postpartum program is meant to do. My program itself, the fitness program, and the self-paced video modules that I have on a variety of different topics, short and sweet, it covers each of these. So it's not just a full exercise program on its own, but it's also a reassuring and no-nonsense guide to caring for both your body and your mind after giving birth. It's for active, busy mamas, for military women and beyond. Because for too long, we've been told these debilitating conditions physically, mentally, and emotionally after pregnancy are just normal and they're expected and there's something we just have to put up with. But I want to tell you that, you know, motherhood is not just about accepting and dealing with the suffering. Like, it's not about that. What if your story could be different? What if you were made for more and God has greater plans for you and wants you to have a more joyful experience of motherhood? So you're not just trying to survive postpartum, but you're actually thriving through it. It 100% is possible. We have to be aware of these pitfalls and identify if we're falling into them. And that's the way that we can make sure that we are able to thrive through it. So number one, rushing your postpartum return to exercise or not taking the time and space to rest. So not giving ourselves permission to, or if we feel exempt from the need to heal and to take it slow, 
because we're a super strong athlete, we've been an athlete our whole life, we've always taken pride in our fitness, or we've always been super fit, or if we had a really great pregnancy, an, an easy pregnancy, or a super fit pregnancy, or a, you know, pretty smooth birth, and if we're, you know, not dealing with any kind of symptoms or complications, we can oftentimes feel exempt from taking it slow. <laughs> I know, because I fell into this job the first time, and it completely backfired on me, and I was dealing with long-term urinary incontinence, leaking for a long time before I finally got help and I realized I don't have to deal with that on my own and I don't have to just suck it up. And so remember, just because we might physically be able to do something, we might be capable of doing it, it doesn't necessarily mean we should or that our core and our pelvic floor is ready for that demand. So what can we do instead? Because we're going to go through the mistakes and the pitfalls that we can fall into and how to avoid them. So what we can do instead is taking it slow, giving our body time and grace to heal, especially in those first two to three months. If we build a really strong base as we progress into strength training again, as we progress back to running, back to jumping, back to all the things that we need to do probably for the military fitness tests or whatever your normal fitness routine is, then you're going to have a much, much more sustainable return to fitness and to performance. And you're not going to have to deal with so many of these frustrating symptoms for life, you know, because it's about the long-term game. It's not just the short-term gains that we're looking for, right? Number two the pitfall that we can fall into is not understanding what's normal for both you and for your baby. And so this I've seen in myself and in so many of the women that I'm coaching and so many friends and others. When we don't understand what's normal and what we can actually realistically expect, we have all these unrealistic expectations. And then when those things are not met, it's like we end up, it leads to a ton of questioning, second guessing, wondering if there's something wrong with you or your baby if you're doing something wrong and then we think we're failing and like we have to fix something that's not actually broken we fall victim to a lot of these narratives from society and a lot of these industries out there that end up targeting a lot of the vulnerabilities and insecurities of postpartum women and they make a whole bunch of money off of moms when we are in our most vulnerable state and unsure if we're doing things right quote unquote and every mom deserves to be fully informed through every single stage and also aware of what can be expected and, and what those hard things are going to be and how to mitigate the risk and to make sure that we're taking care of through it, that our baby's taking care of through it, and also what those red flags are so that we can have peace of mind of what are those things we actually need to be worried about and what are those things that are completely normal. Like our baby waking up a million times a night, completely normal, but our society makes us think it's a problem that has to be fixed. You know, and not that it's easy by any means. But if we know what's biologically and developmentally normal, we don't have to worry if something's wrong with us or with our baby. And we don't have to fall into all the guilt and the shame that often comes with that questioning, whether we're doing something wrong, you know, whether our baby's okay, whether we're just a terrible mom or failing as a mom. And it's all this pressure we end up putting on ourselves because we, we just ha don't have realistic expectations in the first place. So being equipped with that knowledge of what to expect from, you know, surrounding yourself with a community of women who are going through what you're going through, who have gone through what you're going through, and of mentors and a support system, and those that you can look to who can turn back and say, yep, it's okay, you're doing a great job, it's normal, and it's all right, you know, and, and these are the things that, you know, we can really continue to, you know, improve or get help for, get more support for, whatever it is, you know, but we don't have to go through those things alone. All right, number three, equating your worth with so many things it's not actually dependent on or subscribing to what society tells us makes us valuable or makes us a good mom. And so this could be your body. It could be 
how quickly you bounce back, how good your baby sleeps or whether they sleep through the night, your quote unquote success breastfeeding or your milk supply or the size of your freezer stash or how clean your home is, how your children behave and so many things, right? So many things. And, and therefore we end up being basically told or feeling like we're a bad mom or less than if we don't live up to these certain societal expectations of perfection or what a good enough mom looks like, right? But how are we allowing the world to define that for us instead of looking to God and asking him what he wants of us, what he expects of us, what he's calling us to do and how he's calling us to be as a mother. Instead of looking to our baby and following our instincts and trusting that God is giving us what we need, the strength and the grace, and he's teaching us how to mother along the way. We don't have to put our worth, we don't have to put our identity, we don't have to look to the world to define our value. We don't have to look to it to tell us our worth is in all of these wrong things, because it's not. So instead, what can we do to avoid this? We can turn to God instead, right? And we can surround ourselves with people who will remind us that our worth is not in those things, and that our true identity is in Christ, and that God is equipping us to be the mother that he wants us to be, and that nobody else is going to be the mother that our children need but us. Nobody else knows your children like you do. God has made them for you and you for them uniquely. All right, number four, we can fall into this trap of resisting all the change instead of surrendering to it mentally. You know, oftentimes this is like not accepting that there's no getting back or no going back. It's just moving forward. And for so many of us, this looks like not giving ourselves the grace emotionally to kind of grieve the loss of our old identity, our pre-child life, our pre-child us, you know, our pre-child relationship and our marriage. Because becoming a mother or having another child, no matter how many kids you have, it is a time of like upheaval of our normal, right? And it can leave us feeling super lost or uncertain in our identity or uncomfortable in the body that we once knew. Um, And oftentimes, you know, kind of finding ourselves again, right? And this is a theme that we'll talk a lot about on this podcast because I think it's so important that rediscovery is a beautiful gift that God gives us, but he is redeeming all of it. And it can be really hard when we are in the trenches of that. But society gives us an idea that we need to get our old life and body back. And so we're like running backwards. We're trying to run backwards. We're trying to like speed up the time to get there. But the thing is, motherhood is so much less about getting our old life back, and it's so much more about shedding those layers and making more room so we can grow into this next stage of our journey. Just like our body makes room for this new life, so does our heart. So does our heart. And so make room in your heart also for the new, the new you who is emerging as a mother through this process. So that's the, the mindset shift that we can make to avoid that pitfall. And it's a constant surrender. It's a constant surrender, but continuing to ground yourself in the Lord and his unchanging love for you will give you the ability to maintain your, your peace through all of the things that are changing around you and all of your circumstances and in your life and the routines and the rhythms in your body and all of those things. All right, number five, another really big pitfall is not setting or maintaining boundaries to protect your peace postpartum. And I just want to tell you who and what you let into the sacred space postpartum and your environment and your heart the opinions of others and the information that you let in, like it all really impacts your ability to not only bond with your baby, but also figure out this new world and this life together. And it can truly either empower you or it can really harm you. It can drive you into a deeper hole as well. And it can 100% make or break your mental and emotional health. And so you can, the way you can avoid this pitfall is you can and you get to choose what and who you let in. 
many moms overlook this and end up dealing with the after impacts of that. And, you know, in the craziness of, of kind of preparing for a baby and postpartum and everything, like this can get lost, but it's one of the biggest things that you can do to set yourself up for success postpartum. And I can help you with this. So this is a big focus of postpartum program as well. It's like little things like this. And this is what I walk you through in the video series. Number six, another big mistake is pouring from an empty cup or staying exhausted, stressed, overwhelmed, and burnt out. And the, the truth is, right, like postpartum, one of the most demanding and exhausting seasons of our life. It is probably the hardest thing any of us have ever gone through, right, before we become a mother. And most of us have not at all been taught how to be attuned to our own needs. And instead, we've actually just been conditioned to push past them and to not prioritize the little things to fill our own cups. And especially if we you know, have been athletes our whole life, if we've been in competitive environments for much of our life or our careers, you know, we really can end up in the same mindset of just pushing through, pushing through, pushing through, and our strength being in pushing through. But that is, that is not going to serve us well postpartum because it's gonna make us feel guilty or weak or ashamed about doing anything for ourselves when our, because our baby's needs are so urgent, right? And so not knowing how to fill your own cup, given the overstimulation, of course, and the nonstop pace of mom life, it can keep us stuck in this fight or flight mode all the time because it can feel impossible to figure out how the heck to take care of ourselves amidst you know, the fog and the high demands of the season. And we're gonna feel like life is so frantic and it never slows down enough for us to even breathe and to take care of ourselves and so we're going to feel super disintegrated and spread really thin and we're just going to try to be surviving we're going to feel like we're either drowning or just trying to stay afloat and how many of us feel like that during postpartum but i can tell you the difference between my first baby and my second baby was that i learned how to do this and i had a world of difference in my experiences even with managing a toddler and a baby at the same time managing my husband being deployed across the world for a majority of it, it is possible to not just survive postpartum, but to actually thrive when we learn how to also meet our own needs. And I'm not saying at all to neglect your baby's needs, but because of course that is always going to be something you're going to take care of naturally. You're not going to allow yourself not to, because that's just the mom you want to be, right? You always want to be there for your babies. And I am always there for my babies and always ready to meet their needs, no matter the time of day, no matter the time of night, I will always be there. Even when we're sacrificing ourselves for them, when we're pouring ourselves out for them, how can we also allow ourselves to be filled, allow ourselves to be supported, allow ourselves to be helped, and to know that we're worthy of that too. And not only are we worthy of that, but it's also going to help us to sustainably take care of our little ones. Because we can't pour from an empty cup for for long at least. We are going to run ourselves into the ground. And at some point in time, we are going to hit our breaking point. We're going to have nothing left in the tank. We're going to experience a deeper, you know, postpartum depression or anxiety or postpartum rage even. That's a real thing. And so, so many of us end up in those boats and and some of it is knowing our needs and some of it may be the hormonal imbalances and all of those things. And so no matter what it is, there's no shame at all in getting help. And I 100% encourage you to get whatever help you need. And that's part of allowing your cup to be filled. This is something that we can learn. We're going to keep talking about it. But don't feel guilty for taking care of yourself too. And I would argue it's essential. And learning how to do that in creative ways postpartum when we, yes, we are very strapped on time, when our baby's needs are like 24-7, when we can barely even go to the bathroom, when we can barely have the time to take a shower, when we can barely, you know, have a second to even eat food because we're feeding our baby around the clock. Like that's, that's the time that we have the chance to learn 
how can I creatively meet my own needs here? And how can I do both and do this in an integrated way? So I teach you that through my postpartum program. Number seven, not knowing how to overcome all the barriers. This is very related. Not knowing how to overcome all the barriers for asking for and receiving the help that you need. And this can also be related to not necessarily knowing how to advocate for ourselves or for our baby or communicating our own needs. And the truth is, the unfortunate truth is, so many of us end up bottling our heavy emotions up to the point where this isolation and, and the resentment almost grows more and more until we hit that breaking point. And sometimes we associate needing help with weakness and with failing as a mom. Like, oh, I don't have what it takes. You know, that's the narrative that we tell ourselves, right? But remember, we were never meant to go through any of this alone. We are made for community. We're meant for community. And sometimes we have to be willing to look and take initiative on, on forming that community for ourselves if it's not naturally there. And I know this is really hard, especially for those of us who are in the military, who are, our community, our support systems are uprooted all the time and we're not necessarily close to family. And we, it's like, as soon as you start to develop that community, you have to move on to the next place. And it's so much instability. And I completely get all of that, but it takes vulnerability and it takes courage to ask for help, but it's absolutely necessary to thrive in motherhood. And especially in today's culture, I would say where support is not built in naturally for us. You know, we always talk about how it takes a village, but like our society is so individualistic and everybody is like head down, running a million miles an hour, focusing on their own things. We lose sight of each other, but we can, we can just intentionally build that community for ourselves when we let our, our guard down and we're willing to say, I'm not going to put additional barriers in, in the way of asking for help or of getting the help that I need. And it's okay to ask for help. And it's a sign of courage and strength and humility. And it's not a sign of weakness. And it's also a gift to other people who truly want to help us. I always love, like, I experience so much joy in helping other people and being there for other people. And I know other people experience joy in helping you too. So please let them, you know, and, and don't be afraid to communicate what it is that you need. And so when it goes back, tying it back to setting boundaries. So if you do not want to have visitors over, let's just say postpartum, because you you don't know what your schedule look like, you know, if you, you're probably going to be like shirtless most of the day because you're nursing or whatever it is, right? Like it can be really uncomfortable and not necessarily easy having visitors over, but maybe it would be helpful to have some meals dropped off at your door. So to your friends who are like, Hey, how can I help? Um, or, you know, let me know if I can help in any way, like just tell them what you need, tell them what would be most helpful. Don't be afraid to say that explicitly, you know? And same thing with any family who wants to come help. You know, if you want to protect some time with just you and your husband and your baby or whatever it is to come into that time together as a family, if you want to protect that sacred bonding time for you guys, just say that. Just say, hey, you know, we really want to protect this initial you know, week as a family. And once we kind of get into our group, it would be really helpful to have some extra hands around the house to help, especially with, you know, meals and keeping the house, uh, you know, keeping the household chores going and all of those kinds of things. So we would love some support and just give them the boundaries, right? Like set those, those for yourself and just know, you know, the, the relationships that you have, who is going to actually help you thrive and, and protect your peace and who is going to negatively impact your peace. You know, who might be a toxic influence that is like not going to be the most helpful person postpartum. You just got to be honest with yourself about that and don't be afraid to prioritize what's going to be best for you and for your family to thrive across the board. That is a huge one. That is a huge one. Number eight is not trusting or following your intuition. And this is kind of a follow-on to number two that I talked about of not knowing what's normal because we don't necessarily know what is biologically or physiologically normal for both our own bodies and for our babies. When we don't know, we're so much more worried about whether they're okay, whether we're okay if something's wrong with us. We're like, 
why do I still look pregnant when I already gave birth to my baby? It's like, we don't understand our uterus is still contracting down to normal size and what's happening in our bodies. And when we start to learn that our placenta that was attached to our uterus is the size of a dinner plate. And that is the internal wound inside of our body, the size of a dinner plate. That's what's healing. And that's what's causing the bleeding. We can give ourselves a lot more grace, just knowing that fact, right? And so it puts it in perspective. So same thing with anything else that we can, you know, expect of ourselves or of our babies. It's so much harder to be in tune with our own needs or their needs when we don't understand what's what's normal and what's to be expected because we can oftentimes think second guess it or, or think something's wrong when it's not really wrong. And we're, we're constantly waging this like internal battle against our own instincts and feeling ashamed or guilty because society tells us, that it knows better or that we should be farther along or whatever it is, right? But no, you know your body best. You know your baby best. You are uniquely designed to respond to their needs. So do not do anything that goes against your mama instinct. You've got a mama bear intuition that's super protective for a reason. God designed that so beautifully. And so, you know, and same thing with your own body and your recovery. When something doesn't seem or feel right, don't let anyone dismiss your valid concerns. And that's a big one when it comes to advocating for yourself for additional care for pelvic floor um, specialists to take a look at what's really going on if you're experiencing these symptoms that don't quite feel right. You don't have to just push through those things. All right, number nine, not having access to or invest investing in the tools or strategies or resources to actually nourish nourish our full picture of our health. Okay, guys, this is this is an important one. We focus so much on getting all the things on the registry for our baby and getting the room set up and like we have all the nesting urges, right? That's all normal. But the thing is we focus so much on the material things, but how are we preparing for the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the relationship challenges that come postpartum? Like this is so much more important and worth prioritizing over the you know nice things that baby doesn't actually really necessarily need. Babies don't really need much. They need love, they need support, and they need a mama who's healthy to take care of them. You know, and so neglecting or overlooking these own areas or just not having the practical support to take care of these parts of your life in an integrated way in the craziness of the fourth trimester and of beyond that means that many areas of your life are going to unnecessarily suffer. That is the truth and it's the hard truth, but I'm putting it out there because Again, our society, of course, our materialistic society is going to pull you in a million directions and try to get you to focus on all those things that you're buying for your baby or whatever it is. That is not what's most important. So don't lose sight of what's most important. It's just like I was reminding my brother, he is getting married in about a year and I was reflecting back on my engagement with Tim and it's so easy when we are engaged to get so bogged down in all the things that we're planning for our wedding. But I I told him just as I tried to keep in mind and Tim and I tried to keep in mind, a wedding is a day, but a marriage is a lifetime. And so we can't lose sight of what's most important because of all the details and logistics and all the, you know, the industry of wedding planning. I mean, seriously, and same thing with, with preparing for a baby. It's the exact same thing. So don't lose sight of what's most important along the way. And again, having a support system around you who's going to keep you grounded in what's most important is going to be the biggest thing that you can do. And making sure that you are surrounding yourself with role models 
of women to look to who you admire in motherhood, I think is so important. And I, I know for me, I had a mentor who like basically adopted me into their family um, when I was pregnant because I was stationed apart from my husband at the time all by myself. Um, and just being around them and her watching her mother and seeing her, she had a baby who is, I think he was about like five months or so older than my son. And so just seeing her go through postpartum and all like the realities of that prepared me a million times more for motherhood as I entered into it. And that is, that is what we should be focusing on is what does that holistic preparation for motherhood look like instead of preparing for all the things our baby doesn't actually necessarily need, you know? Number 10, falling into the trap of overemphasized, obsessive, restrictive, or unhealthy relationships with exercise, with food, and with your body. Oh man, this is so important. And of course, we all want to probably, you know, have disciplined, healthy habits and take pride in our fitness and our health. That's wonderful and that's super important. And we have the opportunity to take care of our bodies so that we have the strength and the energy and the capability in life to give to the people and the things that matter most to us, right? But there's also a fine balance here that we oftentimes stray into. And I know after having a baby, we can all feel the urge to lose all the baby weight and to return to the things that we love to do to get our body back, like we talked about before, to feel more confident and feel more like ourselves again. And it's so hard seeing our body change over time. But when our relationship with exercise and food stems from this fear or desperation or anxiety or pressure or shame or feeling like we're never enough or we need to fix our bodies to be worthy or it comes from a lot of shoulds, or we, we have this sense of, okay, these are good or bad foods, or we feel like we're behind and we fall into a lot of comparison, or we feel like we're not where we should be yet, etc. right? So many things like that. We will have a hard time enjoying life and all the blessings and exercise that exercise and food and just the postpartum season brings in and of itself. And this is a recipe for constant mental health and body image struggles. And it's going to steal so much of your joy postpartum if you fall into these unhealthy relationships with food and with exercise and with your body. An integrated approach to your health and to your self-image, to exercise, to nutrition, to your baby, to your body, all of this is going to help you break free from these all or nothing mindsets that just keep you stuck, that just keep you feeling inadequate. I know this because I was there for way too long and I didn't even realize it at the time until I was able to see very clearly what was happening. And then I was able to break free by the grace of God. And I love, love, love walking with women through this because it is, is so, so powerful. And it's so life-giving to them and to their families. And we're breaking these generational patterns of shame and embarrassment in our bodies. Of all the negative self-talk that we may have internalized over time. in the way other people have talked to us. in the way we've heard other people talk about us. And the messages we get from our athletic environments from the military that tells us our body has to be a certain number on the scale or a number on the tape measure in order to be worthy. That's the message that we've internalized and that our body has to look a certain way to be beautiful. And that's what we're always measuring ourselves up against, measuring our worth up against. It is a huge, huge trap that so many of us fall into and it dictates so much of our postpartum experience. And it's just so heartbreaking to see time and time again this happening. So you, you can break free from that, but it's not going to be easy. And it's, it's much better when you have a support system around you to walk with you in that and to keep reminding you that you are more than your body, that your body matters. Yes, that your fitness matters and your goals matter. Your goals matter. You're worthy of your goals, but at the same time, 
I want you to know you're also worthy apart from your goals. You know what I mean? And so let's just have that balanced approach and you're going to be a million times happier, a million times more confident in your motherhood experience. So my friend, I hope that was helpful for you. These are, these are tough ones. And again, all of these make our postpartum experience a million times harder than it needs to be. But God wants more for you than this. He really does. So keep letting him in. Keep letting others in who are going to help you stay grounded through this, stay encouraged through it, and strengthen you through it. If you want to avoid these mistakes, a plan and want more support to walk you through these things so you don't fall into these traps, then I really encourage you to check out my postpartum program. It is going to guide you in all of these ways and more. So you will be fully empowered and equipped to have a beautiful postpartum experience. No matter how difficult your pregnancy was, no matter how difficult your birth experience was or how easy it was, it's going to meet you exactly where you are at and it's going to truly help you to not only survive but thrive in the postpartum season. It would be such a joy to walk with you and I would love to see you inside, my friend. And I pray that this blessed you today in some way and that this helps you really reflect on how these things are impacting you in your life and how they might be shaping your postpartum experience or if you're preparing for postpartum, then I hope that this is insightful to you and also helps you know how to prepare not just physically for it, but more so mentally, emotionally, and spiritually because it's a wild ride, (laughs) but it's a beautiful one and God is moving so powerfully through it. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you got a lot out of it, I would love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts And let me know what has been most impactful to you. What has resonated with your heart the most? I can't wait to hear from you. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon.